I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki. What do you have for us today? Hi, Patty. Well, we know that scams tend to recirculate. For example, the IRS scam tends to be rampant during tax season. So scams can be seasonal, and scams will often die down for a while and then resurface. Hmm. I'm hoping that if a scam runs long enough, most people will know about it, so maybe it won't work as often. Do scammers think if they take a break, people will forget and that the scam will be successful again? Could be. And and the scam I'm going to talk about today is one of those. I got a phone call from a woman I will call Miss Greenwood. She received a letter from the Bank of Singapore, very official looking with the bank logo and everything. And the letter was from a Derek Tan, who claimed to be the head of global marketing at the Bank of Singapore, Hong Kong. Hmm. I'm afraid that's already sounding suspicious and familiar. I know I've heard of this scam before. Right. So Mr. Tan was getting in touch with Miss Greenwood to let her know that sometime in 2012, someone with the same last name as Mrs. Greenwood had come into the bank regarding a portfolio of about $11 million that they wanted the bank to manage. And due to some savvy investing by this bank, they had managed to grow that amount to $13.5 million. Wow. Well, that's an amount of money that would certainly get someone's attention. Absolutely. And we know that scammers play on people's emotions, and that certainly raises one's interest and one's hope. So Mr. Tan asked that Ms. Greenwood keep the information in this letter confidential and that she, quote, respect the integrity of the information she would come across in the letter. He said that he was contacting her independently, and no one else was informed of this communication. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's another red flag that you've told us about before, asking the targeted victim to keep the information confidential. So what was he offering with this letter? Well, according to him, apparently in 2013, the client with the same last name moved the funds to another asset management company. That asset management company got in touch with the bank in 2018, so five years later, to inform them that the funds were moved but never claimed. So apparently, Mr. Tan's Hong Kong bank did some research and found out that their former client had died intestate in August 2013, leaving no known heirs. Hmm. So what was supposed to happen to those funds? Well, Mr. Tan explained that according to Hong Kong intestacy laws, there is a, quote, seven-year no-claim rule. So here's how that works. If there are no known family members and no one claims the funds after seven years, they are up for grabs. <laughs> and I'm guessing <laughs> Mr. Tan was suggesting that Miss Greenwood should grab them. Yes, he kindly offered to help put her in the beneficiary's position. And he said that he would instruct the investment company to make payments to Mrs. Greenwood 
Of course, after all, the necessary verification and application process was finished. And what was in it for Mr. Tan? Well, here's what the letter said. And again, I quote, So long as no one gets greedy, we can have a fair and equitable share by splitting the funds evenly. The other option would be letting it revert back to the state. End quote. Well. Well, we certainly wouldn't want that to happen. (laughs) No way. And the letter went on to say, this is a lifetime opportunity for us if we can be of one accord and act swiftly and get this done in a reasonable amount of time. Then Mr. Town gave Ms. Greenwood his personal phone number and email with a request that she contact him. Well, I'm afraid that's another red flag, the need for speed. So assuming this was a scam and there was no money, what was in it for Mr. Tan? Well, we'll never really know since the person who called me never contacted Mr. Tan. She recognized right away that this was a scam. But I suspect that if she had contacted Mr. Tan, there would be charges she would have had to pay to collect the money, things like taxes, bank fees, security costs, et cetera, et cetera. But Patty, the thing that really struck me about this letter is that it was very well written. It didn't contain the usual grammar and spelling mistakes that letters in the past have had. So in that way, this has become a much more sophisticated scam. Boy, it sounds like it, because that used to be a big red flag was the poor spelling and poor grammar. But I guess as scams have developed, they're improving their grammar. Now, Vicki, is there anything new to report on the COVID scams? Yes, there are two new little wrinkles, both playing off the current government benefits that people are receiving. Apparently, seniors are being contacted through Facebook telling them about a special grant to help pay for medical bills. You click on a link, which leads to a website claiming to be from a government agency called the U.S. Emergency Grants Federation very official sounding. And of course, the site wants your social security number in order to, quote, verify your eligibility. Wow, it's a great name and a wonderful idea. But sadly, I'm sure it's a scam. I bet there's no such organization. And if there were, you wouldn't find it through Facebook. That's right. And Patty, remember, never click on a link you don't know. So the other scam that's happening is that people will get a check purporting to be their government stimulus check, only it's in a much larger amount than they expected. And so once you get this check, it will be followed by a call from someone claiming to be from the IRS saying that, oops, they made a mistake, gave you too much money, but go ahead, deposit the check and send the overage to them. Of course, the check they sent you is no good, and so now you're out the money and you have to pay the fee for a bad check. Oh my goodness, that's a bad one too, isn't it? Because we have learned before in other scams that if you get a check that's over the amount that you were expecting and they want you to pay some of it back, it is usually a scam. But of course, if people think they're really getting it from the federal government, they're likely to comply. I know you've told us that government agents won't call about the checks. They will simply be deposited into your account or given to you by debit card. That's correct. So if somebody calls you pretending to be a government agent about a government benefit, or if you see it on social media, it's a scam. 
Gee, Vicki, thank you so much for, um, <laughs> I want to say these depressing scams, <laughs> I don't mean it that way. Our audience, our listeners, and I appreciate you keeping updated on what's going on. Boy, these coronavirus scams just keep on coming. They do. So, Patty, here is some good news. Yay! Yeah, we always love to hear it when people get money back. And Mm -hmm. um, I always encourage people to report scams to the Federal Trade Commission. And here's why. Because the Federal Trade Commission managed to put out of business fraudulent work-from-home scheme and they were able to get $1.5 million back. So this particular organization, it was one of these work-from-home scams, and they used phony celebrity endorsements, made-up news reports, spam email from fake senders to push this particular scam. And, of course, there was no legitimate work. It was all a complete scam. Thankfully, the Federal Trade Commission caught up with these folks, prosecuted them, and were able to settle the case for $1.5 million, which went back to the poor victims. So, again, please report. You never know what's going to happen. Thank you so much, Vicki. I think in the future, I'm going to try to find someone who can talk about legitimate work from home opportunities because there's such a need for it right now, but so many of them are scams. It's very disappointing when someone thinks they found a real job that they can do from home and it turns out to be another scam. I know. Very sad. So, Vicki, could you remind us of your fraud hotline number so people can get in touch with you if they suspect that they've been in contact with a scammer or if they're worried that a loved one is being scammed? Absolutely, because this is how I get my information about what's going on out there. So I do really appreciate the phone calls. So area code 805-568-2442. And I'll say it again, 805 805- Five six eight two four four two. And I just want to remind our listeners, too, that if they want to subscribe to Scam Squad, I know they don't want to miss it. They can go to Hub for Podcasting. That's Hub, F-O-R, podcasting.com, and go to the Scam Squad page, and there they can subscribe, and we can email episodes to you as Vicki comes on the show and tells us what's going on. Patty, thank you. And thank you so much for another great episode, Vicki. Until next week. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye.